0: From One of One Production Studio, located in Fort Lee, New Jersey, this is the Art of Music Tech. And now, here's your host, Fela and Dennis. Let's go, let's go, let's go, and welcome to the Art of Music Tech podcast. Um, I'm here, of course, with Dennis, co-host. Hey, guys. And we're at the new studio, One of One Studio, and with our first guest, on our podcast, what in the new studio? Hell we yeah. have Patrick Smith. Uh, it, you may not know his name, but you've definitely heard his work mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for years. Yes, American Idol, Jay Leno, uh, Harry Connick Jr. show. Um, just amazing, uh, broadcast engineer and everything engineer. I just mm-hmm. Found out he thank he you. came into it in, in jazz as well. Absolutely. Uh, so yes, welcome to the show, Patrick. Well, thank you so much for having me.
1: <laughs> what a wonderful facility you have here. you oh, oh, thank, thank you, Patrick. Thank you. Means thank a you. lot you. coming thank from you. you. You're so You've so seen welcome. some You're rooms. So I mean, walking into <laughs> the room and it had a nice, cool vibe. Thank <laughs> you. You know, a nice workable vibe. You yeah. know, A place where so you can work here for hours and relax and be cool and get a lot of things done. So. Exactly. Okay. So great. Great. Space. Thank you. That's Thank the most you. important thing about studio spaces. People don't realize that. It's not always just equipment. It's the vibe. Yeah. The vibe. Can I come to this place and relax and be myself? You know, take my shoes off <laughs> and take a nap on the couch and mm-hmm. order some food. True. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now, now I can get into a workspace. I can work. You know. Yeah. It's cool. It's like working at your. It's like being part part of your home. It's extension of your home. Exactly. Indeed. So much time in studios. You know that's that's what it is it's just oh. a second home for a lot of us oh yes, yeah. yes. it is so, ours so true if we're working on those endless <laughs> projects yeah. definitely
0: have taken naps on some yeah. couches here Absolutely. on the couch here uh-huh. so, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah i i want to get your background patrick uh where are you from
1: i'm from knoxville tennessee all right east tennessee or Knox Vegas, as i call it Knox, <laughs> Knox <Vegas. laughs> God, i
0: in knoxville a <laughs> visit there um so how did you get into
1: audio and was that through your parents so what what did they do well my my, uh, my mother's a social worker my father was a teacher and also a, a coach so uh growing up you know especially in tennessee um uh, you have uh you know the culture is around marching bands so very early mm. on I fell in love with music through marching bands. You know, so I played in marching bands. I played in, you know, high school. I actually so was the drum major for two years. Oh. So, and then we also used to throw parties. And, you know, and, and throwing parties in the South is not oh, not like, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. kids throw parties today. You can go out and <laughs> buy a package back then, you borrow somebody's receiver, you go borrow your friend's speakers, yeah. you get a turntable <laughs> wow. from here. Or oh, I got a cassette deck, or oh, I got a boom box, so you have this system that you could have frankenstein together the ultimate to, 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 to throw parties <laughs> absolutely uh-huh because nobody really had enough to get together a whole, the system, whole system to throw a party yeah. because you had to have your primary amplifier then you had a couple, couple of backup amplifiers and then you had to have fans on them this is <laughs> oh, so old school yeah, because they were shut <laughs> so down they because they were, they were consumer <laughs> amps, were not professional amplifiers so about midway through the party you hear that click click Boom. Shut down thermal overload. (laughs) So now you gotta put the fan on it, you know, where the people like standing by the table. But we got smart. We had backups. Uh-huh. And the good this loud, but we had backups. So, so we used to throw parties, and I used to always read stereo magazines, and uh-huh. not knowing that there was a career in this. Just I just loved the technology. Yes. I, I was just fascinated with listening to good stereo and wow. great recordings and everything. Okay. And, Same and here. So, and I was always spending my extra money going to get like a stereo review, stereo magazines. I think it was a Hi-Fi review or stuff like that. Like the early early magazines. Early stereo files, yeah. that sort of thing, and just reading the reviews, yeah. and that got me up on the terminology and the things that they would use to describe the music, and then I would go listen to the music to see if I heard what the reviewer heard. Yeah, so that was cool. And then, and then I got like. a... Um, Got a little money to go to Berkeley College in music. I played trombone, so I got a little money to go to Berkeley oh, College in music. How you played trombone too? I, okay. I played trombone. Yeah, get from out of here. Six until I graduated from high school. Wow. Yeah. Now <laughs> just own a <the> trombone. <laughs> I don't play it. I just own one. You now. own one? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> you still do? You still have one? Yeah, right. yeah. Nah. It's, Same nah, here. Oh yeah.
0: It's, the chops are so yeah. so far I gone. Keep,
1: I keep threatening <laughs> to come back. You know? Really? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but so I went to Berkeley. Yeah, right. uh, college of Music, and then um, and I really was not quite sure what I was going to do. Going to education, going and they had just really got the program, their music production engineering program, off the ground like the year before. So okay, what so what, what
0: year is this?
1: This would have been eighty four, somewhere oh, around eighty four. Okay, uh-huh. all right, yeah. So. One day, I'm standing in the hallway, I'm looking at the wall, they have like a little bulletin board wall, saw this thing about the music production and the engineering program. So I read the course description and I go, oh my God, this is this is what I was born to do. It's like, I was like, oh my God, I felt so good. I felt, I felt so relieved because I'm like, finally, I have something that I can do with my life. This is perfect, I, I love technology, I love music, I love stereos. I love this. So I'm like, this is perfect. And yes. then right about that time, Zelfia Marcellus comes walking up to the thing at the <laughs> same time. I say, hey, bro, what's happening? I like, hey, what's up? He goes, hey, man, you going to get in the, uh, the production program? He, and I go, yeah, I just read it. Like, yeah, I'm going to definitely get into it. He goes, well, that's cool. He said, because I want to be a producer. I said, what? Well, I, I want to be an engineer. He said, I have no interest in the technology. He said, tell you what, I produce and you're an engineer. And I said, cool. So we shook hands. So, <laughs> some I don't right know there. some seventy records later, maybe wow. you know. From that point on, we were we were tied together, yeah. you know. And I had wow. no idea what 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 it would lead to down the road, but our destinies were connected from that point on. Wow! Yeah. So as he got his production projects in school, I would always engineer them and vice versa or whatever, mm. you know. So I got into the program and met some great great people in the program. It was the you know. uh. Um, A lot of great people, you know, uh, in the program. A lot of old school engineers. We had engineers from the old days at RCA. We had maintenance guys. We had, so, and you learned the basics. I mean, the earlier classes were just like, okay, two microphones. You have to go in and record something with only two microphones. We started out with two tracks. Uh Then you worked your way up to eight tracks. And then, like. 24 that was like Oh Oh, 24 tracks Oh my god Now now we're talking Yeah So So you learn the basics first Wait did you have to
2: buy A two track No, No no no
1: no It was like you know They had studios in the school They had, I think, four studios. So was it
2: portable or no? No, no. They had actually studios, control rooms.
1: So you would have to like record like a wind ensemble with two microphones, or like a a band with two microphones. That's how would you approach that? And then like the early early stuff, we were not allowed to use the multi-track. We had to do it old school, like a four-track. Mm-hmm. So, you had to make your mind up okay, I need to put the bass, the drums, and guitar on this track, mm-hmm. and then, or maybe if I do something, I have to bounce it down. Damn. So, yeah, you yeah. Have to, so <laughs> the same decisions that those guys had to make when they were doing the early records at Atlantic and Motown, uh-huh, uh-huh. you had to make those same decisions, and then it helped you,
2: and not to waste tape.
1: Abs- absolutely, yeah. you, you, it was all analog tape. So you, you had a, you had a, you know, editing lab. We had to cut tape. We had to learn how to cut the tape, to mark the mark tape. You do the edits and all that stuff. so It was amazing. There was you know? no copy paste back then. No, 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 no command Z, baby. <laughs> no undo. Yeah, right. So no when I you didn't. punched on on the track, you were that was it. it. <laughs> there was no coming back from that. You know, I mean, a lot of us, if you come, if you're old enough to remember. A few times you've messed up punches. Oh yeah! If you if you if you're an honest engineer, you would admit to that. You would say, "Yeah, I erased the trumpet solo on something one time. I oh I got lost in in the song and I punched in the wrong spot. And it was like, did you just punch over that?" It's like, yeah, no. <laughs> you know, that's crazy. So just learning that whole thing yeah. at, at Berkeley was great, and then uh, that's when Delphi started actually getting. You know, we started getting professional projects to do, like we started out uh, uh, Branford, you know, and then Donald Harrison and uh, Terrence Blanchard's projects and mm. stuff like that. And we were still in school at the time. This was really cool. Okay. Now, this is what we would do. <laughs> we would, for instance, like on Fridays, they would give us free studio time, like an hour. Or so, so you can go in and do whatever you wanted to do work on things just to get your hands on the console, just to get immersed in the technology and all that and good stuff. Course. So, I would put, I would make up a name before my, my name, say 12 noon, and then 11 a.m. I would put, I would just make up a name, and then after I would make up a name, it could be anybody's <laughs> yeah, name, it could all be day, a Japanese book. name, then my name, and then a job. Jap- <laughs> you know, and then another, like, some just a weird name, a name that would be hard to pronounce, but. Say so, yeah, okay, so one day the guy comes in. You know I'm in there earlier. You know, and for instance, I would put like Hideki, Hideki uh, Yamashira. <laughs> so hey, Hideki should be in here. I said no. Hideki came by earlier and he said that he didn't need the time, so I was able to come We're in early. I was just standing out, standing in the hallway. Oh, well, and, then, and then after he would come in and go, hey. <laughs> where's uh skip jackson i go uh well, skip skip came by and he said he has some more stuff to do or you know so he said i can just stay in the room for so it just went on for a while so after a while like you know one of the older uh, uh studio supervisors says you know what i'm gonna go to the books and see who's resident i'm gonna look these names up so he looks at <laughs> the names he goes all right he comes in the room well it's funny And right before that he goes now wait a minute what are you guys working on in here? You know, this sounds like professional stuff. No, they I mean, were just we're just playing around with some old tapes and this editing and stuff, blah, blah, blah. So, so then he comes in and you know, he goes, wait a minute. These names don't exist. There's no Hadecki, there's no skip here. <laughs> Bruh, you guys are you guys are still in studio time. All right, get out. What are you guys working on anyway? Nothing. And there's a stack of RCA tapes, Columbia record tapes in the corner. <laughs> so <laughs> so so he's like, all right, that's it. Get out the studio. So, but they still tell that story at the school to the day. <laughs> wow. Because the thing is, we wanted to be in the studio How so bad. Exactly, We the would do anything to stay in the studio. In the studio. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, so, <laughs> so, so we started there. And I remember uh, going into like uh, the last week of my graduation at Berkeley. I was working on records. So what we would do was like, there was a studio down the street called Mission Control. And this is when SSL consoles first started popping up in America. Uh And they were expensive, and very few Uh studios had them. But there was a studio in the city in Boston that had one. Because Delphio went to... Jamaica, the mixed part of uh, Royal Garden Blues, Branford's uh, second solo record on, on Columbia. Uh-huh. So he comes back and goes, Man, SSL is the bomb. You gotta, you gotta see this console, man. It's computer control, it's automation, it controls the machines. Hey man, you gotta you gotta go because Delphi will always would, like, go see something to come back and go, you need to go learn this and you need to go figure out how this works. I go, okay. <laughs> so Back then, you know, you just get a magazine or whatever, and you get a directory in Mixed Magazines. This is why Mixed magazine was so invaluable back then, because it was a great resource.
0: Exactly. It was
1: like, okay, all the studios with SSLs in them, so you just go back, flip, okay, in Boston. You look it up. Oh, Michigan Draw, It's right down on Boyson Street, I think. It's not too far away from Berkeley. So I called up the studio one day and said, hey, and was like, okay, when we mix Branford's next record, which was Renaissance, you need to, uh, we need to mix this on an SSL And I want to mix this on an SSL uh-huh. So Fancy. we were like, okay So I find the studio With the SSL in it and I go down the street And everything and as uh, a guy There that owned it, I had no idea It was a black guy, Michael Johnson From the Johnson Crew, who was the brother Of Murray Starr who discovered oh, New Kids new on the kids Block on and the New Edition, edition. New edition. So, yeah. And I, so he had taken His money and bought an SSL damn. So it was in town, so the studio was constantly booked. So and he was a nice guy, and he said, oh, where are you from? You have you have manners. So where are you from? So I said, I'm from the South, and we still talking about the South, so we knew some common people. So uh, I was like, that's crazy. And I said, I remember you uh, coming to our town and being interviewed on the radio because he, he claimed he could play like 125 instruments or something like that. Jesus. i so, like, what is that? <laughs> Cowbell. Ba- bass cowbell, you know, piccolo cow. I mean, so I mean, so how many I mean you can add you can add up the instruments all day long, so I always tease him about that. So so he said, okay, this is the deal. I'll give you the studio for like, I don't know, fifty dollars an hour, but you have to start at midnight. Cause you can't discover disturb any of my high paying clients in the daytime. So me and Duffy were like, okay, cool, we were young. We so we would go down, start at midnight, work to seven in the morning, come back to school, go to class. You know, so we started wow. doing this, and mm-hmm. oh my God, we were tired. So the last, <laughs> so this spilled into like, I think we were doing uh, Crystal Stare for uh, Donald Harrison and Terrence Blanchard. Uh, I think it was. In, so, in
0: school, people. In yeah, yeah, I know. Oh. What, a, what, a, what, a, what a fantastic <laughs> that blessing that was. <laughs> wow. That was
1: That was a, a superb Woo. blessing. I mean, that was just amazing. That I is. mean, just the uh, luck of the draw, but you know, you yeah. had to, you know, it's it crazy. Yeah. So, we go into that last week, and then we're just exhausted. We're falling asleep in class. I went, I went by Delphio's class just to check on him one day. I think it was like a three-hour workshop class. He shows up an hour late and slept for two hours. <laughs> 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 so the was missed. So the teacher had no idea what we were doing because we, we, we didn't tell anybody we were working on a record at the time. Yeah, and so yeah. I and I slept through my entire graduation. Uh, why
0: could not you? Why can't you say anything?
1: Well, Because then bad? you know that oh, you guys, you know. You guys don't need to be in class. You guys don't need to be here. You guys are working on records, and so it just changes the vibe and everything. So, plus oh, okay. it was just we're just having fun. Yeah, you know, yeah, just doing the records. Okay, you know. But we weren't trying to brag about it. Oh, we're doing the records, and blah, blah. Uh, yeah, we you're like, no, we just keep it keep it on the it. DL. Wow. You know. Wait, well, in, oh, yeah. in this age of social media, <laughs> yeah. Oh my <laughs> God, I mean, we you know, you're all the over the selfies. selfies. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Hashtag SSL, baby. I know. It's hard out here. Yeah, I know.
0: I know. I know.
1: <laughs> I know, you know that's crazy, but no, yeah, they, we, were just, time. we were just trying okay. to be humble and struggle with you know mixing records. Wow! Know? So we were could cutting yeah. your mm-hmm. teeth. Mm-hmm. Just,
0: so with learning the SSL. Did you just get... The, you just kind of hopped off of the, the house engineer and just kind of... He set it up and you kind of... No, actually not. It was your studio you back then
1: to... in the studios. You walk into the studio and it's your room. You had an assistant that would set it up. Yeah, an And then the way it was with Michael's studio... He was like, you, the room is yours from midnight to seven. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, oh, yeah. so if you didn't know how to do something, yeah. eh, you better yeah. figure yeah. it out in Take a hurry. Out. And we figured out a lot of good stuff. But you still I mean, gotta pay
2: st- though. Fifty dollars an hour. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah, You yeah, still gotta, gotta pay. Some, mm-hmm. some.
0: I mean, yeah. Back
1: in back in that day,
0: that's a yeah. little, you know,
1: a little chunk of change. I well, think well think yeah, the so, yeah. well, you know, record company was paying And it was <laughs> a bargain in them because back then studios were like one sixty, one eighty, one ninety, you know. Yeah, that's when studios rang supreme. You yeah, know? Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely I, oh, yeah A- absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah uh-huh wait yeah. did you have to
2: pay for tape or uh, they provided nah, no, the tape? it was
1: already it was, well we, we would buy tape and everything but tape was cheap mm-hmm. then Oh, it uh, was yeah because te- tape was in such abundance then oh know? okay well, that was
0: all you could
1: use this is way free pro Tools. yeah because
2: tape is expensive now
1: uh-huh. now oh my god The roll is like 120
2: dollars hundred dollars <laughs>
1: yeah it's crazy yeah, and it doesn't sound as good either. I know they bought up all the formulations, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: but it does not sound right. I just went through a whole thing where it's just trying to get taped The mm-hmm. sound the way I think it should sound and it's this sound right. I think I think what's happening is like most things, like most technology they're trying to revive. They're trying to hold on to an idea that what it is like tape or it should be warm and you know, fat sounding. Mm-hmm. But it actually comes off sounding muffled. You know, a lot of times. Yeah. You have to, oh, you know, they set the machines up in a way that it's always warm. So the bass is tilted and the trebles rolled off. So it's like, I want a neutral machine so I can do what I want to do with it. If, mm-hmm. if, mm-hmm. if it's neutral and it comes back the same, then that's cool. Now, if I chose, choose to alter that sound, I know what to do. Then yes. I say, hey, let's play with the bias a little. Let's, uh, let's play with the low NEQ some, or let's push it to tape to get it saturated. A little more saturation, so now it kind of sits on the table a little fatter. But give it, I want to make that decision. Don't yeah. make it for me. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. Yeah. So then we, we go through Berkeley and then, you know, oh, let me back up. The first thing I mixed was on Royal Garden Blues. It was like a few songs on Royal Garden Blues. Mm-hmm. It would happen over the summer. We were home from break, right? And this is pre internet, this is pre cell phone. so uh, you know, the only way you can get in touch with someone is either call them or write them a letter. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so, one day the phone rings and it's Delphio. It's like, whoa. And it's like, man, people just think because phone calls were expensive then. Long distance calls were expensive. Oh, So, yeah. So it's a whole, <laughs> that's how old I am. I'm so <laughs> old that, and you know, I worked in an era where long distance uh-huh. phone calls were not free. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so,. <laughs> So my mother goes, hey, you know, your buddy from college is on the phone. is on the phone. So I go, was this is weird. Why is he calling me? So I walk in to the uh, to, to the house, pick up the phone. Hey, man, are you ready? I go, what are you talking about? Am I ready? Am I ready for what? Are you ready to do a record? I go, oh, yeah. He said, don't just say yeah. He said, and I said, well, what is it for? He said, for Branford's record. And it was for like the week of July 4th. And July Fourth, all the engineers were like on break, or nobody wanted to work. Cooking, barbecue, somebody hanging out. Oh, my, I I had this thing planned. Uh-huh. So he exhausted his <laughs> he exhausted his list of go to engineers. Uh-huh. So Branford goes, oh, "What about your boy? Call him up." And Duffield goes, "Okay." So he calls me up. Then. Then I go up to Boston, and then we mix. Uh, then we mix some of the record, and I remember Ranford calling me up before, going, "Hey man, don't mess my record up, bro. We <laughs> got a lot of confidence in you." So I'm like, "Okay, cool." But that was that was a terrifying experience. Wow. You know, I mean, because you study this technology. At school, and you had the you know the the luxury of sitting in a a room by yourself and playing with the console, pretending to be an engineer. Uh But now you have to really be an engineer. Deliver, deliver. Scary. (laughs) scary. Yeah, it was that. But once you get the you know, shake off the initial whatever butterflies or whatever. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Get into it. Now it's like okay. Now I can really i can mix this now now i can get yeah. into it but it's just terrifying but that's yeah. good though it's a good terrifying. Oh, exactly. yeah you should, you should be scared of some things oh, like that, you know? yeah exactly yeah.
0: exactly uh, yeah. i mean so the, you you're through school now so mm-hmm. in school how many albums did you make some about i time think you we graduated? i think
1: we must have did like three or four records by the time we got out of school for the same label <laughs> Yeah, it was awesome. What was the label? Uh, Columbia. Was Columbia. Columbia. Oh, Columbia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we recorded at RCA Studios. Oh. And then after that, maybe a, maybe a little while after that. Uh, uh, I got my first recording, yeah, because before then I was always mixing, yeah. And we mixed a bunch of records, we mixed Courtney Pine's record, we mixed uh, from the, the great saxophonist from uh London, Courtney Pine. We mixed uh more Branford stuff, we yeah. mixed a few things for Winton, so I was always mixing at that point. Uh-huh. And then it's like uh, Marcus when Marcus Roberts uh was signed to RCA mm. Novus, his that label, he uh. He he hired Delphio to produce it. So Delphio uh said, Hey, uh are you ready to record? I go, Yeah, oh yeah, I'm ready to record. Yeah, <laughs> I'm tired of tired of mixing all these other people's stuff, you know, blah, blah blah You know, I don't like the way they record it anyway. So now I get the chance to do it the way I wanna do it. It's like why did I say that? <laughs> you know. So so we got up so first, you know, just calling up RCA Studios, the book Studio A. That was terrifying enough. You know? Just like, hello, I would like to Book Studio A. Well, what was this? You know how much this room costs? Well, well okay. okay. Uh, I'm, I'm calling for Philadelphia for, for Marcellus to book for. Oh, okay. Why'd you say so? You know? Yeah. And then it's like, okay. <laughs> then we book the session. Then we show up. And then it's Marcus Roberts, Reginald Veal, uh, wow. Elvin Jones on drums. Wow. And that was my okay. first recording. Okay, and then Winston was... is coming in later to play trumpet. And Charlie Rouse is playing saxophone. That's my first recording. Wow. You talk about scared. He's talking about anxiety attack. Um, I almost blocked out of the control room. Really? Yeah, it was that scary. You know, because Were you nervous or excited? I was nervous, excited. Okay, didn't know what was gonna happen. You know, this young kid in RC, I mean, you know, you're like 21 years old. (laughs) He's been in RCS hey, and all the engineers just came by and go, who is this kid? Well, what is he about to mess up now? Uh-huh. But it's like, okay. So, you know, you have every single person. They were their own entity. They were their own wow. solar yeah. system, basically. Oh Elvin Jones, oh my God. You yeah. know, some, Charlie Rouse, you know, Winston, the original V. I mean, these guys are amazing musicians. And, you know, so it's like, okay, well, at the end of the day, you have to get it done. So, let's get it done. So, you know, place on all the microphones. You know, setting the games, and that's so tough. That's one of the, to me, that's one of the hardest things for young engineering to do when you're doing recording. is the property game stage.
2: Yes. Uh,
1: yes. You know, just to have you proper think games. That's the easiest. Yeah, nah, that is hard. Yeah. You can get upside down <laughs> in your game. Yeah. And then it's so funny. Like, you, you like, my early sessions, like, I have way too much mic pre-game. Hitting the tape hard, and I'm trying not to clip the mix bus. So I'm pulling the faders down. So the faders are like an inch away from the bottom, but everything's great. I was like, oh, my God, but you're so scared. You don't want to turn anything down. It's like, yeah. what do I do now? You just like, oh, you're just holding on for dear life. Yeah. You know, please don't play any louder. Please don't play any louder. You know, exactly. but so over the years, you, you learn how to do that. And I got lucky on that with every instrument except the trumpet. Winton yeah. comes in and I I saw this two, this is a two fifty one replica. It looks like the case of a two fifty one at least. Yeah. But two fifty one. Oh, I'll use a two fifty one on the trumpet and uh, I'll a U sixty seven on the trumpet. You know, the little that I know that, you know, coming out of the trumpet, but you've been a horn player, I I should have known. But it's a lot of air coming and, and the trumpet is more focused and before it has a chance to dissipate, you need some distance. Mm-hmm. I went to first. The first song was great. He played harmony mute on it, uh, right up on the uh, microphone. I'm oh like, God, it sounded glorious at 251. Oh my God, it was rich harmonics and, oh, just great. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm dialed in, man. He takes that mute out to play a blues. So I was like, okay, I gotta turn the game down. So I turn it on sound. and it's just distortion. It's just, it's just like, and I don't know what to do because I'm young and I'm too scared to say stop. Move the mics back or change the angle of the microphone, so just try a different microphone altogether. So I'm yeah. sitting there just riding out that, that storm of distortion. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just riding it out like, okay. <gasps> and, and, just, and I'm just uh, sitting there going, what am I gonna do?
0: Wow, this if if you if every engineer has done that. So they that that's so oh, yeah. it happens that, all the time. That's so good yes. to hear yeah to hear an engineer admit it but that's you know you've been like oh snap do i what do i do yeah you're like do i really need to yeah yeah essentially in the live game when you're having to do deal with monitors
1: yeah and of the house at the same time and you
0: have something that the game is insane but it's there on in-ears and, yeah. if, and if you go down just like three dB, they're like Where they did my freaking thing out. Go? Yeah, yeah, they're right. gonna freak out. They're <laughs> yeah. like, oh my god! So you're stuck with that. Yeah, you're
1: like, yeah, ah. yes. yeah, exactly, absolutely. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. so just... <laughs> yeah, so I got well, you get lucky or unlucky. You know, I was lucky for ninety nine percent of it, but that one percent just like oh, and it was just like oh my god. So then we mix it. Record comes out, and then Winston was there, and he was like, hey, man, I may ask you guys to record some stuff at the time. I mean, because Wynton was the holy grail of of recording because he had, you know... Yeah. You know, because... And, and Tim Tim Geelan, I have to give a shout out to Tim Geelan, who was uh, went and uh, and Steve Epstein. Steve Epstein was the producer, and Tim Geeling was the engineer. And Tim Geeling was a staff guy at CBS, and he was so gracious and so nice uh-huh. to 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 me whenever I asked him a question. He allowed me to come and sit in sessions and just take notes and steal all the stuff, you know. <laughs> so the basis of all that stuff, which actually is rooted in. Classical music has organized, has recorded the yeah. microphone selections and all that stuff. It's all rooted in classical music. So it evolved to suit jazz because jazz is different because it's more bombastic. It's, you know, the dynamic range is is crazy and just yeah. it's different, different applications. But the uses, the uses of higher quality microphones throughout the entire chain and higher and later on higher converters and different recorders and all that stuff. Just, just all, oops, evolved from that. Yeah. So. So I was able to steal a lot of that stuff and and, change, and, and make it of my own as, yeah, as things yeah. evolve. You know, it's always yeah. good to have a reference or somebody to uh-huh. lean on. Exactly. You know, and these yeah. guys, and you guys were they were the reference. Yeah. You know, they were the reference. Instead you know?
0: of saying, uh, "Use your ears."
1: Yeah, right, right, right. Absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> like
0: and, you, know. you do need to like mm-hmm. see it in action and how they use it, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's
1: always no
2: the reason. Yeah, it's yeah, still no, Absolutely
0: develop mm-hmm. in a different way, right? Absolutely. Now, like anything else, yeah. it's like
1: a jazz musician. And it's like okay, you don't want to learn too many solos from Hank Mobley or <laughs> or John Coltrane or Sonny Rollins because you're gonna sound like them. No, you won't. Because yeah. your personality will automatically filter that out and take out what you don't want and change this and evolve. Mm-hmm. So over the years, it will evolve and you'll be you'll become your own. Exactly. So it's good to take someone's technique. to Take yeah, someone, technique uh, is especially important, especially to learn the fundamentals of it. Learn mm-hmm. why, the hows and the whys. Yes. Why do you make up the snare drum like that? Why do you have that angle right there? Why you not have it like this? Why do you do this? So uh, and then over the years, and you'll and just by incorporating other technologies like like i was in really into consumer audio i keep, keep jumping around but i was really into <laughs> consumer audio at one point which was just the the end result of all that work we do yeah. Now they're <laughs> yeah. using ten thousand dollar microphone. I mean ten thousand dollar speaker cables and a hundred thousand dollars systems and all this stuff. I'm like, but why? Because in the studio we had this crappy, you know, ten dollar cable hooked up to the trumpet. It's like well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I had an appreciation in what they were trying to do. They were trying to recreate that magic moment that happened in the studio. Mm-hmm. But the technology they use in the studio a lot of times, it's just not that high end. Because it was a system it was uh, it was a it was a workflow. it was like a factory, you know what I'm saying It's uh-huh. like go down there and get a box of cables and come up here and plug them in. yeah you know there was no regard to okay, well what kind of cables are they? you know what kind of <laughs> microphones are we using uh, uh, you know are we using the right power because we, they were studios and there were like they were like systems they were like assembly lines you know and they were like you know so later on like guy like David Chesky. Who just was yeah. super high end with converters and all that stuff? That sort of opens up your eyes. You see him doing that. You go, well, maybe I need to cl- pay close attention attention to the converters and mic priests and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that led us to buy a separate mic prees. We bought like sixteen channels of API mic prees. Uh-huh. You know, and you know, you call around, you talk to different people, and it's now the lunch boxes are really popular. Yeah, if these were like the first of the series of lunch boxes. Before they were lunch boxes, they made API made these custom for us. Oh, and wow. then they found out that they needed a more robust power supply because if you put phantom power on all the microphones, on all the outputs, it's just not enough power. And RCA, uh-huh. we were at RCA doing a session, so the mics were not quite sounding right. Things sounding dull, things falling off. Weird. So one of the maintenance engineers got in measure to say, hey, you have phantom power, you're down like 23 volts on this 414. You need forty-eight volts, man, across this. So we sent it back and went back and forth a couple of times, and they modified and they external parts. Custom about. made, yeah. Custom so, made. so they did. So the so we did a lot of R&D for them, which we uh-huh. never get credit for. But no one had ever purchased that many mic preamps. they never that, yeah. And this before <laughs> people. So we would go straight from the mics into the bank preamps, into tape, and then we bought our own cables because we started thinking. So I'm thinking about, well, okay, what these what are these guys doing on the consumer end? You know, so let's just. Let's make the signal more robust. Let's make it cleaner. Let's make it so. Then we started running cables certain ways. You know, if you can't run cables parallel to power lines, run them perpendicular. And that cuts down the hum. That cut. I mean, so much stuff. The light hash fluorescent. I mean, it was all of these things across the board that I mm-hmm. learned from listening and reading these crazy articles in Stereo File. Yeah, you know, yeah. but it helped me become sound a better and vision. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, because you know, yeah. like when you read a stereo, oh, Sound and Vision. Sound and Vision uh, You know, things emerge from a <laughs> pool of blackness and blah blah blah. I was like, well that just means that there's no noise floor. But mm-hmm. they don't say that because they're writers so they have to say, you know, like, pitch definition and, you know, the leading edge of the way- <laughs> waveform was just so precise and it had great pitch definition and it's like, wow, all of these are great buzzwords, but they actually mean something and so you have to go back to start it from the beginning, your process. Yeah. The microphone. Like, whenever I do something, I always go, microphone, cable, and where's this cable gonna end up? In the machine, is it going into another splitter? Is it going through uh, a exactly. DA? Is it where is it going to? Yeah. Is it going directly into my console? So I have to think about where that signal is going. Mm-hmm. You know, uh-huh. signal flow. Yeah, absolutely. So now it's like, okay, if I just go away right from here to the mic pre, to the mic pre, to the tape machine. I'm I'm doing pretty good, uh-huh. <laughs> so I know I got a good robust signal to take. Uh huh. And then okay, yeah. And then you think about the monitors. Uh-huh. You know what are you listening to? You know back in the day, everybody had a pair of NS tens with tissue paper on them. Yeah. Why put the tissue paper on them? You got the speaker grills Put the speaker grills on <laughs> <laughs> But that was a cool thing Because one person does something and everybody does it It's like okay Oh
0: wow that was so far ahead of my time I don't. Yeah, wanna, yeah. I didn't even know about the tissue paper Yeah oh, yeah what People, I didn't know. But
1: now they have fed, they, they changed the tweet or something But yeah, and second stuff. of all Why are you listening to just bad reference monitors <laughs> Everybody accepted that in Didn't sound good So why are you listening to speakers that don't sound good You're trying to miss a record man <laughs> You're not trying to throw a party. You're trying to mix up record. Mix we which, which, Because It's funny because you say, okay, well, with these speakers, you have to put the vocal back in the mix because the speakers have so much mid-range. But it's like as you start to get fatigued, you're going to naturally want to push that vocal up. So as your mixes goes on and you are got to make bad choices, S- like, S- critical things are mid-range and bass because uh-huh. those are things that every speaker does not reproduce accurately. If you have a speaker with a neutral, good mid range that translates well, like if I put the vocal here, I listen to it on my phone is here, I've listened to it in the car, it's there. So you gotta have a good reference, you know, because if you have a crappy reference, then your mix is gonna be all over the place. You may get lucky and hit a good one, but then most of them are gonna be inconsistent. Guessing. I like I like consistent minds. Because as the sessions go on, as the days go on, you're gonna get tired. You're gonna start making dumb decisions. <laughs> And then, the, then all the parts of your body starts to take off As your ears start to uh-huh. fatigue You start listening with your body Oh, I need to feel more bass now So you start to creep that bass up nice. Because your ears are starting to shut down Oh, that mid-range Oh, my God, I need to Oh, or your ears are tired So your ears start shutting So you start pulling the mid-range pulling
0: back down. So yeah. then you
1: listen, then you come back in And listen the next day what the hell is that? Oh my god! <laughs> it makes you wanna it makes you it makes you depressed. Uh-huh. It makes you wanna give up the craft of, of, of engineering. You know? Yeah.
0: That, that's funny. And so I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned all that. Mm-hmm. That's literally all the stuff that we've been preaching about. I mean, all yeah. the stuff that we do use and the reasons why is yeah, yeah the mm-hmm. fatigue of like you you know yeah. The goal is not to be on the same song all day. That's not (laughs) the goal. Absolutely. That's not getting in the vibe of the... No, you're doing this as a craft Mm -hmm. that you... You make mm-hmm. a living at, and yeah, the right. more you do it, the more you can. <laughs> yeah, the, more you, the more you should know how
1: to better approach it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah absolutely. So now, yeah, you think about all those things. I yeah, think I try to draw inspiration from everything. You yeah. know like reading, you know, the consumer magazines taught me about power supplies and regulation, mm-hmm. and that, you know, because you then you get like PS Audio that makes it actually an AC regenerator. It takes the AC signal, regenerates it, it spits it out as clean sixty cycle one twenty. You know those those sorts of things. So you start thinking about okay, what kind of power are we on? You know, and, uh-huh. that, and then, you know, like if a production studio, you have tech power, which is usually mm-hmm. powered by generator, which is great. Or you may want to go on battery power, which is great. Mm-hmm. No hums, no buzzes, no clicks. Yeah. It's clean, clean easy power. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's all that stuff. All that stuff goes into the craft, which we've talked about battery power many times yeah too. absolutely yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah yeah you guys are on it man. many converter technology yeah you know converter technology is great i mean when i first started I, because i had the you know boy the, makes the, a break the pot is <laughs> the, the 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 pleasure of seeing that transition from analog to digital when the first stat machine started showing up mm-hmm. on the shores and then the first digital machine started rolling out the mitsubishi the sony the sony was great but the Sony had a poor uh, uh, analog section of the machine. Damn. Yeah, digital supposedly had no noise, no noise. For, but if you have a crappy analog section, section uh, you, uh, you know, after post-conversion, yeah. then because of oh, the 3324, you could put the faders up, turn it up, shh, nothing but hiss. Say, why is this happening? So we actually contact, Duffy contacted Sony because he had did uh, a Harry Connick record which was just Ron Carter and piano and it was just direct to 1630, uh, the uh, the U-matic uh, uh, Sony machine because the early days, you know, you guys can look this up. But the early days, they took video technology because of the bandwidth. So um, all the mm-hmm. early digital machines, yeah. the two tracks were UMatic matic based, UMatic tape because all video tape based because of the bandwidth requirements. So they can just easily take the video technology and port that over to digital technology because this just mm-hmm. ones zeros at that point, square wave. So so. Yeah. So you had a U-matic machine, and Sony had a, a, a device with the converters and the controllers and all that stuff in it. So, but the analog section, of that was noisy. So he says, "Why is this? Why is this making noise? This should not be noisy." So we wrote Sony, and Sony's like, well, it's the analog section, and blah blah blah." And then we're gonna work on the next generation to be better. <laughs> and it took them a while. And over the years, like we noticed about the multi tracks, but but it's so funny. Then you get the forty eight track machine, the thirty three forty eight, which is mm-hmm. a little better sounding, but was not perfect. It's a great machine. But then you get that last machine, the 3348 HR, 24-bit. I think he did up to 90, I think it could have did 96K. I'm not sure, but it definitely did 24-bit, 48K. But it was totally revised.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Electronics redone, updated. The analog section was so quiet it was scary. I record. I did one session on that machine. But then maybe two months later, that machine was obsolete. Absolutely. <laughs> At least a quarter of a million dollar machine, absolutely, because back then, Pro Tools had taken over.
0: Taken over. So everybody was, oh, we don't need,
1: and the same thing happened with analog machine. You know, today, <laughs> it's hard to find a good analog machine. It's hard to find anybody that can set up an analog machine.
2: True. You
1: know, and it's yeah. like, especially <laughs> so eventually Adobe, I'm sorry, me and Delphio, we were, we were trying to do the uh, Esplanade, uh, not Esplanade, the uh, Esplanade, yeah, experimental Studio Esplanade, session yeah. session with analog SR. Uh-huh. Couldn't find an analog, couldn't find an SR rack that was functioning. I called up Guy Sharmanov, and Guy Sharmanov, if anybody knows, ran Laymobile for years, and he still does. Uh-huh. It's the most pristine truck you've ever been in in your life. You can literally eat off the console. He follows you around with a polishing rag. I mean, he is the <laughs> most meticulous engineer that you're ever going to in your life meet. If If you're in California, if he's there, just call him up and go by and see the truck. Just take a field trip just to see the truck. You'll be, oh, my God, it's amazing. He got out the analog game. He was analog forever.
0: Yeah, he sure was. He
1: got out the analog game. He said it's not worth it because now converted technology is good. It's not as good as, but it is good. It is great. So you're not going to. It's not going to be that great disparity like you used to have. Yeah. So he says, and plus the SR stuff is a pain in the butt. You have to recap them. You have to, you know, you have to set them up. It's just a pain to do. And so everybody started letting those go by the wayside and just just discarding them. You can get an analog SR rack on eBay for twelve hundred (laughs) dollars. This is insane. From hundred and twenty thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. yeah right, right. Absolutely and literally giving them away. And you go down you go down certain streets. There was a, a picture on uh Instagram of a thirty three forty eight HR machine sitting out on the sidewalk. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> this is absolutely amazing. You know, just technology, man. It marches on. But that yeah. The, yeah, but Sony fixed it at the end and then the machine was obsolete. I was like, What a shame. I mean that machine was amazing. I mean that machine was amazing. I mean we—that's how we used to do remote recording. We used to lug the machines around. We went, we did some remote recording in New Orleans one time. It was a rental company in town. It was Ray and Tom. Can I remember the last name save my life? But they ran Audio Force before Audio before uh, they ran it. I think Sid Zimmett ran Audio Force, and he had his own plane. And we we met him when we were in Boston doing stuff. He would fly up. The Mitsubishi uh, uh, two track machines for us. So he would put them on his plane, he had like a Cherokee or something, and fly them up. And then we meet him at the airport and bring him to the studio, and he'd come back. Very knowledgeable guy, very nice guy, helped us out a great deal. And we were just starting, you know. Flying over Yeah, story. I mean he was an amazing guy. I mean you know, audio you know, audio yeah, yeah. had characters back then. Wow. Everybody was a character, <laughs> and then ran Tom took over later on. But unfortunately, Sid was killed in a, in a plane plane crash. He was out, I think it was outside of Nashville or something, yeah. and that was that was very sad and very shocking. And you know, and he, uh, he surely missed Still to this day, I think about him. Um. You know, because he's just a wonderful guy, man. With incredible knowledge, and it's just a shame for you know him to die in an accident like that. But you know then ran time took over and you know they, they would truck the stuff down So we're, We had to uh, Do uh, some recordings In New Orleans So they Drove the truck down The 33 uh, 24 track machine Down to New Orleans <laughs> mm. With the preamps And everything So we would set up Literally We set up In Delphio's house Record something And then we'd go to Somebody else's house And cause The uh, it was Marcus Roberts records. He was like, "Man, I like the vibe in this house. So put the drums in the bedroom, piano here, and then living room, and they would play. It was really cool. And then we go to a church and record. And but we had to take that machine wherever we went, up church. the stairs, down the stairs. In Texas, so <laughs> we did a re- re- recording there. The same thing, you know. Bring that 3348 track machine now. Now all you need is uh some converters, uh some preamps, and a laptop. Yeah, It's
0: yes. <laughs> great. <laughs> a, a, a two rack setup. Yeah, and you know. got...
1: <laughs> That's cr- you, can, you can Take that on the plane with you. That is amazing. Uh, hey,
0: don't even have to check it. Yeah, you know, the way. Mm-hmm. You can... <laughs> yeah, I know it's amazing. How technology is changed. So, so, did that remote recording get you get you started towards broadcast
1: or? Well, it was a while before I got the broadcast. So, uh, so we were doing all these records and stuff. You know Just having fun We were young You know Not really knowing What we were doing You know yeah, yeah. <laughs> Getting paid To mess up People's records right. <laughs> you know? uh, So Just having fun Because you're young You know mm-hmm. You're doing that stuff We had no fear We were like Oh man Okay we could do that Yeah sure let's try it You know We would just yeah. Try crazy stuff You know Some of it worked Some of it didn't right. work You know <laughs> But that's that's the thing About you know Learning yeah, And it yeah. was a great time To be in the record industry When there was still A record label And they still have The structures and everything And you still have studios That you can go to and it was amazing you know so fast forward i um uh, i moved to atlanta and i'm still doing records and everything and uh i'm in atlanta and then i get to uh the point where uh branford calls me to go on a roll you know he's like yeah i need somebody here to do to do sound for us and this is right around uh crazy people music record mm-hmm. that i recorded and mixed. so and, uh, and this is the band. It was Bob Hurst, Kenny Kirkland, Jeff Watts, Woo! and Bradford. I mean, this is the, the, the band. So, the band. The X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I go on the road, and then the first gig was Detroit Jazz Festival. Flew up. You meet the band at the airport, sitting around. I'm like, okay, cool. So we're going to go to sound check, right? He goes, no, you're going to go to soundcheck. We're going to go to the hotel and chill out and relax. And I go, but wait, wait, wait! He said, "That's why you're here, so we don't have to do this anymore." So I'm like, "What do you mean, you no know? so check. Okay, so go over to the venue. We check out the microphones. Uh, the road manager, tour manager, Roderick Ward sets up the drum kit. And Roderick had a system. He 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 had all the drums marked in the cases, numbered everything, so you could just set the drum kit up, just line everything up. I was like, "Wow, what a great system! He's so organized." Uh-huh. So. We knew put everything in approximate positions, you know, just check the mic, getting relative gain, you know, and like I'm saying, you know, that gang station, a, <laughs> that's a beast, <laughs> baby, and hold on for dear life. Uh-huh. So, you know, they come out, and it's like, you know, graphic gets on the mic, blah, 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 play a first song, and, that, and in that moment, right before that first song, it's like, so long. Uh-huh. It's like, Take that breath, and then they start playing, and then you just immediately freeze for a second to try and take everything in, and then you start just ah, moving really fast. turning out on mic, please, pulling out faders, doing this and stuff, and then hopefully by the end of that first song, uh-huh. everything locks into focus. Uh-huh. Now, as you do more and more of these gigs you start to learn. Uh-huh. You start to learn, we're a relative gang, you start to learn, well, if I talk into the microphone and it's hitting here, then I know when Branford plays, it's gonna be like, you know, so I gotta turn it down, you know, 6 to 10 dB, or whatever the case may be. Uh-huh. So you start to learn, but it's a great learning experience. Ooh. But every time, no matter what the venue, that first song scared <laughs> the crap out of you, <laughs> which is so good. That's <laughs> like jumping out of a plane, you uh-huh. know? So you jump out of a plane, it's like that first, you know, I never jumped out of a plane, but I've talked to people who have jumped out of a plane. <laughs> (laughs) It's like, (laughs) you just floating. You're just floating into nothingness because you have no reference. Uh-huh. And that's the way it is mixing. You have no reference. You have no level reference. You have nothing. You have no idea how loud the PA is going to be. Yep. You have no idea what the <laughs> feedback frequencies are because you don't have those instruments there to excite those frequencies. So you have to do all this stuff at the same time. Uh-huh. You get the graphic EQ. You're like, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. And I remember uh first time, you know, first I would not touch the graphic EQ because I didn't want to do too much. So you got start getting in the other areas. It's like, oh, this is just too much. And I I don't want to start messing up the system, uh-huh. you know. But you have to. You have point. to exactly. I, I, was at, I was in I was in Japan with Kenny Garrett. He's playing saxophone, plays on no note, plays like a G, like ooh, and it starts to take off. I'm like. I don't, I don't know what that's just turning it down, so I like that it to happen. Maybe he, he he goes, "Hey man, you hear that? You hear that note, that frequency? Oh yeah, yeah, I hear, I hear the frequency." was like, "Okay, I got to okay. What note was well, no, that? That was a G. So, so you have to figure out, just figure out the frequency just by uh-huh. using the musical notes and everything. Which that's why good good to have musical training. Oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's uh-huh. like, okay, so you go there I notch that out. It's like, okay, so it worked. So, but then you learn and then you learn what you can do, what you can't do, and then systems back then were like they aren't day i mean it's so sophisticated yeah. you got an rt analyzer in your laptop you put that microphone out there you're looking at things you're like okay wow that freak is kind of hot let's reach over there so it's just so but back then it was by the seat of your pants and by your ear uh-huh. and if you had a great system tech then that's more than oh. cool yeah you know and i had the i remember i posted this on the on my facebook page about uh uh, the, great, the greatest system ever it Was just the Grateful Dead's Wall of Sound system oh, yeah. I actually mixed on that system I didn't put that in the thing Cause I was like Cause I don't like people That go over the top And brag oh, no. But I was like First I put out Yeah I actually had to Prove some a mixing On the system It was an amazing system It felt like you were Mixing on a small Studio setup Really? And that, and okay. It, just, That's good. okay And just And it had so much power But it wasn't Ugly power It wasn't distorted power It was just clean Power yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was an amazing system. Okay. Yeah. So that 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 was that was that was a great great experience. So then
2: yeah.
1: Branford's on the road doing whatever. And then in between that time, you know, started doing I met uh well well, Branford Play on all the, uh, the scores Or soundtracks For Spike Lee's movies So yeah. then we started recording the, the sound The scores For Spike Lee's movies I did Do the Right Thing Mo Better Blues And uh-huh. uh, Jungle Fever And like a, I think the uh, The opening song For 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 Cricklin, uh-huh. I think I think it was Crickland Yeah I think yeah, some yeah.
0: pretty, yeah, some So because it was, was, was all, nice. all jazz music. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I had a nice arrangement song. And yeah. Mo
1: Bad or booze was just, that was, that was amazing. Yeah, you got to do so wow. much, and there's so much music on that, you know? I mean, didn't And tell. that was another whole set of things, a whole other set of disciplines you had to learn. Did you like Because yeah. then you were mixing. Did you
0: track yeah. anything live for that, or it was a lot of everything was studio?
1: It was maybe? all in the studio, but I'm, everybody in the room at the same time. You're yeah, yeah. It was the band. Basically, it's Branford's band and, of course, some more people like uh, Donald Harrison plus an orchestra. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of strings. And then work. with Jungle Fever, it was the boys' choir of Harlem and then with an orchestra and a band, you know. So it was all these elements, you know, so this supposed to get piled uh, on. So you used to learn how to deal with and juggle that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, but, but the live stuff, taught me about game staging helped me set up for that so you take those experiences yeah. <laughs> from the road and you can always apply them cross apply them to your studio exactly stuff, it, it you know. gives
0: your workflow yeah, it absolutely. gives your workflow quicker I feel yeah. when you used to live
1: absolutely Yeah, you, you know, have to get it done like, like Scott, that, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so going gain back gain is this, gain yeah, yeah. right oh, where you're going. Uh-huh. yeah right right Uh huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, at the, look at the meter it's like okay it's hitting here okay See, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, right, absolutely. That that is fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. So to, so from that, mm-hmm. so so that gets you yeah, into yeah. the movie world.
1: Yeah, so, so to, yeah, right. Wow, so that that was cool. And then you're learning how to mix with uh, uh, SR Adobe SR surround, analog surrounds, not discrete surrounds like Matrix surround. So you had to pan things a certain way because it recognized, you know. Uh, Phase differences, and it and it selectively put things in the rear that you may not have wanted to go in the rear because you had, it wasn't just like strings. It was strings with ride cymbals and, you know, horns and percussive stuff. So you have to be very careful how you mix that sort of thing. So you have to work with Dolby consultants and all that stuff how to mix it. Now everything is discreet. Yeah. You know, so it's like you know now, but back then, you know, mixing in the matrix like that—that that was that was pretty—that was a pretty daunting thing. You know, and mixing to a level too, you know, because you set the speakers up to the uh, eighty-five dB reference level. You uh-huh. don't touch it; you just mix. Yeah, you know. And I like I like loud. I like mixing loud. I like to feel it. I like to feel the pulse of the sound going through my body. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> you know, but it's only for brief intervals. But I yeah. like I like being able to crank it up and then print it down. But I primarily like mix first one I mean and then and then when Branford. Took over Tonight Show band leader, Uh, he wanted to bring me out, but they couldn't bring me out because, you know, NBC had their own engineers; they had their own way of doing things. So they said, "No, you'll be fine." So, I I was out in LA finishing up Branford's record. I heard you twice the first time, Uh, and it was a blues record, primarily a blues record, a Uh blues jazz record, I say. But and uh, so I was finishing that record up, and so they're doing Tonight Show and they're rehearsing. You know, they're doing test shows and all that stuff. So Brantford heard one of the test shows. And he's like, okay, this does not sound good. Uh, I'm not going to stay here on this show <laughs> if it sounds like this. goes, what's the point of me playing on this show? And if it sounds like this, I can't do it. So, you So, know, of course, some more choice words. And So then his tour manager, Roger Ward, comes over to the studio. We're we mixing his record. He goes, hey, man, we need you to come to the NBC tomorrow, see what's going on. So I come over there, and so, so, and then, you know, it was just, it was just like, it was just one of those things where it was not bad, bad, but it was just like one of those things, just getting used to a new band, and, you know, not having enough time to do it, and all kinds of other factors that played in, uh-huh. and, you know, and they were used to Doc Service's band, where it was all on one side, uh, Soundcraft console, and it was one fader. And guys solo, they walk up to the mic and sit down. So, Branford switching instruments. They got Vicky Randall singing stuff, singing the hand mic, singing the headset, Jeff singing. They got different keyboards. They had all these elements that had to go on, but they didn't have anybody paying attention to the house band because they didn't have a dedicated person to mix the house band. And so, the guy will open the fader and then Branford's playing this and Vicky's singing, but you don't hear them. It's like, oh, you know, so it's not enough time to mix broadcast and mix a house band. Yeah. So, you just, just can't do it. Mm-hmm. especially a modern band mm-hmm. you know that switches instruments that double stuff that you know that plays different styles so you got to have a different fader configuration for that so i came in i was like you know hey hey and there was a guy named brian bell it was a, a, a technical guy a very technical guy a brilliant engineer mm-hmm. uh a brilliant engineer <laughs> yeah. he's one of those guys uh you know that that you know that that can see things down to the subatomic level. <laughs> mm. He knows what the molecules are doing. Yeah. You know. Mm. In the copper. Uh, one of those yeah, super smart guys. Okay. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, a, yeah. a, a, a physicist, you know. Uh-huh. So him and Roger Nichols, same way. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. You know oh, what, yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, they see beyond just the sound. They see into the So working with him decided to set up a separate control room just for the house band. So that's that's how I was able to get into broadcasting. Oh. Never really did broadcasting before. Only visited shows on the, with bands and stuff and sat in the control room. It's always different, you know? But then you start to learn. And then it's, the people would challenge me because the production rooms, huge console, you look at the patch bay, it's literally the size of that wall and it's filled with patch cords. <laughs> and it's like, wow, that's awesome. First, I didn't even look at it. I, was like, I don't even know what that is. First, people will come in and say, Hey, man, can, can, would you be able to mix your show if, if it was a pinch? If in a pinch, and I'll go, yeah, that's my ego talking. But in reality, I'm like, no, I can't do that. I know nothing about broadcast. I don't know any terminology. It's a whole it's a whole different, discipline, a whole different world, you know. So slowly but surely, you know, I would go in the room and ask questions and stuff, and come out of my shell, you know, and start to learn how. Mix broadcast and people would, you know, tell me how to mix broadcast or explain to me and show me and stuff. And you would listen. It's like you go home and listen, and you know, it's like wow, that's very interesting. And back then, most of the components were all analog, so every network had their own philosophy how it should sound. You know, ABC had a philosophy, NBC had a philosophy, CBS had a philosophy, and some of them. Some networks sounded better than others. Mm-hmm. You know, but now with everything's digital. Everything gets uploaded digitally, everything is delivered digitally, everything's, you know, the whole chain is digital. Now everything sounds fairly even yeah. across the board. Uniform, yeah. But back then it was a task. Uh-huh. You have to always call up the guy in transmission. What's going on? Oh my God, I forgot I turned up the game a little bit more or turned it down because I was making a transfer. But so it was like, and everything went to do analog consoles. So the guy can have more EQ on it or not put the EQ in or have the panning to the center. When I want to watch the show, was in mono. I go, how's the show in mono? I'm not <laughs> Oh, sorry. I had to do something earlier that day. It's like one of those things. So so it was at the whim or whatever. If you had a guy that was really into it and was paying attention, then that's cool. But sometimes, you know, people don't pay attention in transmission. They see the picture. They see the meters. Okay, that's cool. You can go back to read my book or. Talking on the phone, I'm doing whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That does <laughs> happen from time to time, you know. But it's so much better than what it used to be. So then, yeah. and then eventually I I, I I got it to the point where I would fill in, you know, from time to time, mixed production. It still was scary because it was like, you know, it was exciting, but it was scary because it was different. Yeah. You can't mix production the way you mix music. You can't push certain elements the way you want to. You can't have everything clean because, you know, TV, it's got to be dirty because you see the information now, not necessarily hear it. Yeah, when you're yeah, mixing, yeah. you can kind of do a fast crossfade from one thing to another. But if this audience is clapping and you do that crossfade too fast, you're going to see people clapping and not hear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, you got to ease into things and crossfade them a little bit more gently and stuff. And so I got into that. And then later I became the, the head, head mixer after Tonight Show. But you know that patch bag? One day I went in the room. I called my wife. I said, hey, I'm not going to be home tonight. You know, I'll see you probably tomorrow at some point. I went in <laughs> and pulled every single patch bay out of that patch bay panel and put them in one by one. That's the only way you could learn. Yeah. Yes, manually. Yeah. Yes, the only way I could learn. And after yeah. that, I knew all I knew uh, I needed to know about <laughs> broadcasting. It's like when uh, when Quincy Jones goes to Paris, to, I know this is off, off the track. I'm, I'm crazy like this. Oh, <laughs> Uh, When Quincy Jones went to Paris to study with Nadia Boulanger, uh, she said, go transcribe Stravinsky's Rite of Spring. When you do that, you will know everything you need to know. (laughs) So that was my Rite of Spring. Pull all the patch bays out, let them all hit the floor, and then you got to patch it in. Because Mm -hmm. guess what? Monday they're coming in, they have to do a show. So you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to do it the right way. Yeah. So and I had a pad and I wrote down everything. I said, This goes and I found and discovered some things that didn't make any sense. I was uh-huh. like, Wow, this should be should be going to a DA instead of a mot You should be doing this, you should be you know, so I was like, Okay, so you learn so you learn over the time. So exactly. then and then and then we switched studios and all that stuff. And I, had to, you know, the ability to you know to the to, to build a studio, to design a studio, design a control room, all from scratch on you know just things that I wanted, which was a really good control room. But I also designed it in a way that I could actually mix records after work. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, smart. Yeah. So we had a uh, uh, Studer uh, system. Oh, studer. I think it was a Woo. system eight or a system nine. Console was the first big Studer that, but it was a great sounding console. Wow. Studer, oh, studer's yeah. always had Amazing. great sounding components. Yeah. So yeah. I set it up so I can mix records. So I mixed, I mixed up quite a few records. I'm not gonna say which ones, but I didn't. I missed quite a few records there. Hey. You know, <laughs> I, after the show, you didn't want to go to the studio. So I was like, hey, I'll just stay here and miss a yeah. record. You know? And then another studio I always used in, when I was in LA was Glenwood Play Studios. That was like a home, you know? It's great, uh-huh. it's like a private studio. You don't, you won't see it on the internet. You won't see, it. They, don't have a, they don't have an Instagram page. And posting stuff <laughs> it was just a great studio and the kid rebound is like a f- great friend of mine so that's another place you always use and that's why I said when I walk in here I said this place feels like home oh. already instantly oh. that's ah. the way Glenwood Place feels you know you know Wow.
0: Thank
1: yeah you. you know there's very few studios feel like that because most studios are sterile and just very corporate or just very whatever yeah you yeah. walk in a studio you want to be able to relax yeah, you just feel exactly. like you're at home. Yeah, that way you can get, that way you can think about the work not creatively, like, oh, right? This is uh, this is, yeah. You, yeah. you get the creating. Yeah, you know, and then you know that <laughs> crappy that real, lighting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, so <laughs> then I started mixing tonight shows. You know, mix I don't know three thousand of those shows. You know, all the various bands and everybody that would show up and everything it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. It was a it was a great experience. So you know? when did yeah. you take over there as head? Uh that would have been. Two thousand something. Uh huh. Two thousand one, two thousand two, something like that. All yeah. right, mm-hmm. yeah, good,
0: good, run though. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was a, it
1: was a great run. I learned yeah, so much. Wow. You know, you learn how to do VOs. You learn how to edit. You know, how to edit. edit in a hurry, not edit at a leisure. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like, oh, we need this boy, <laughs> Vo turned around right now. Yeah. You know? yeah, it's like you know, Jay will come in and do some stuff. And you have to get it on the show. That's about to start in 20 minutes. You have to get into editing, you know? So it was that those are fun, fun things. Or mixing tape pieces or tape packages. Because we would do all these elaborate pieces. Like, you know, like the like the Marvel movies are out. Well, we would do spoofs of that. But they would have the sound effects, they would have all of this stuff and all the action in it. So we had to mix it, and the writers wanted it like a real movie. So yeah. you're in there mixing bomb sounds and adding bomb sounds and doing all this sound great stuff. And yeah, yeah, so that was fun. Your yeah, sound design is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh huh. So, so that uh-huh. that makes. So,
0: uh-huh. so you, so you got to do the the Leno thing and mix record so you, yeah, you yeah, never no. had a lull where you had to like choose one. No 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 I never
1: thought you should uh, be able to choose. Yeah. I mean just that just that just goes <laughs> To your skill set. You know like some yeah. people I would never mix broadcast. I, I I saw it as a challenge. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. I just yeah. saw it as another thing to do. Learning curve, you know? curve and too, then right? you can take like I'm saying you can take some of those things you do in record recording and port it over to broadcast mixing. Like mm-hmm. like for instance like audience mics. Everybody always oh this mics doesn't really matter just throw some mics out there. You know they have like a SM50 Seven, four, sixteen, right. like a couple of chefs. Audience, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh. Just audience mic. So you just throw up whatever you had, whatever's left over, put them in the audience. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking about it one day. I said, well, you should mic the audience like an orchestra, like you will the string sections. Mm-hmm. Because because another thing is, if you have music in the room, you have all those crappy mics up there. Well, they're going to sound crappy, right. and the leaf is going to sound crappy because those mics have horrible off-axis responses. Mm-hmm. So. What you want to get is a higher quality microphone. So you can mic basically the room with the audience in the room. So the room becomes a part of the sound. Yeah. You know, you can't separate the two. Create the experience. Yeah, absolutely. So you get more of a live experience like you're actually there if you're watching at home what yeah. would you usually use like mm-hmm. uh like a kmr 81s normans i use the uh, dpa uh-huh. uh, audience mics you know uh ships good condenser you know. yeah. Yeah. or ribbon right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so you use high-end microphones in the audience yeah. which you My should use high-end microphones that, people yeah. look at you and go why are all these expensive microphones in the audience for it's like well because i want the audience to sound good and the music to sound good and when you put the audience up with the band it like if you use a lot of microphones Variant types, manufacturers, you're going to get all this phase shifting. You're going to get mm-hmm. off act, poor off axis response. It's going to sound mm-hmm. like crap. So you yep. try to blend the audience in? Oh my God, you can't. You can't. Yeah. It's like one or the other. You yeah. Know, it's, it's hard it started to do that.
0: And then the band sounds
1: f- sterile. Yeah. You know, the band doesn't sound like it's even actually in a room. It just sounds like it's by itself,
0: uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. so it sounds
1: canned. So it's like, oh, you want want to have that room. So that's something I was able to use. And it's just bring, just using high-end microphones, Damn. you know. And also, uh, you know, by doing the live stuff, knowing how PA interacts with your production elements. You know, like I was saying earlier, there's a great PA mixer I work yeah. with on American Idol. A lot of great PA mixers I work with, you know. Uh, but uh, recently, on am doing American Idol, uh, Uh, Mike Parker, you know, who gets it, you know, who gets that, well, I'm mixing for these people in the audience, but Patrick's mixing for the megas and people at home. Like, oh. uh-huh. So, you need to be able to make him comfortable and certain and there have to be speakers all over the place and it has to be loud volumes because you have screaming girls and it's like all this stuff, but you have to get it to a point where you can actually, it's, it should be a balance and that's why gang mm-hmm. staging is, again, is so important
2: mm-hmm. because
1: <laughs> if you're using too much gang on a desk mic, it's sucking in too much room and you're constantly Fighting, fighting. but yep. if you can get it to a point where it's, everything's balanced, right? You put those faders at zero, you put everything at zero, and it's gonna sound. It's gonna sound a little bit roomier because you have a lot, lot more room. Uh-huh. But it's gonna sound like it's balanced. It's Consistent. gonna sound like nothing's fighting each other. to get all on top of you know. You know, have to fight these other elements to get things on top of the mix. It's just. Magic. It's just. It's just. It's <laughs> that. It's that magic. I'm yeah. pretty sure you've done live <laughs> gigs where you just sit back and go. Oh, my God, that sounds yeah. so good. There it is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? This <laughs> makes you feel good.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely when my game structure yeah. is on yeah. point. That's Absolutely. The only time you uh-huh. feel that euphoria and yeah. mixing. And, and also, like, like
1: we saw earlier, when people come backstage and go, my God, it sounded so amazing.
0: Exactly. So oh, you oh, go, My favorite, yes.
1: this is the best
0: I've ever heard, this room.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, uh-huh. I like it when you when you show up and people That's go, "Man, this room, this is a bad sound sounding venue." I don't know how you guys are gonna do get a it. good sound after the night. Then they come back and go, "Oh my God, yeah. what did you do? That was so amazing!" I'm like, baby, exactly, I'm fella, baby. Yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly, right. exactly. So, so when when um when Leno ended. what did you do or did you already have something well I had a couple of things it was known right? (laughs) yeah
1: well right after that I got a call from Mike Abbott who's a great broadcast engineer uh, and he asked me what I wanted to do and he said okay he'll keep me in mind something comes up so I go okay sure then like two days later he calls me and says hey man they need somebody over at American Idol you know, so then I said, "Okay, cool, I'll go over there and check it out and see what's happening." So I went over there, and that's when I reconnected with Harry Connick, and you uh-huh. know, then it was sub- subsequently led me to moving out here because he then he got a show. But I did the last two years on Idol, and that was that was live live TV.
0: Yeah, there's no
1: net. See, yeah. Leno was live to tape.
0: Uh-huh. So you can kinda, yeah, you kind of you kind
1: of mess up or have a bad day, or you know. But yeah. not when it's live live. In the first show I did, <laughs> I made a mistake. I would go to commercial break. I would pull down the master fader to fade out the black. So uh-huh. I just put out a master fader, you know, put it back up. But this time I forgot to put it back up. So we come out of break, I fade up everything. Mouse are moving, but you hear no sound. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, oh, my God, you're panicking. You're like, I'm like, okay, I know I did everything right because you have that little checklist. Faders are up, volume's up, C-meter's moving. No, meters aren't moving. What's going on? You know, so I was like, oh, master fader. So yeah, it only cut yeah. like a <laughs> second, but that was like, oh my God. Yeah, but you so, had a
0: hundred thoughts in, yeah, in your two head. and a half seconds. Oh, so yeah. It's like the list. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. So Yeah, you're a human computer at that point when you're like trying to get right.
1: <laughs> never made that mistake again, but that was uh-huh. it was good to make it the first time because then you get a little accustomed. The problem was, I tell the truth, it's getting a little cocky and arrogant. I'm mixing the show. I'm like, oh, this is sounding good, man. Oh, yeah, I'm in the groove now. Then mm-hmm. you make a mistake. Yeah, it's like, okay, beat down, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pay attention. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, that that moved you. That show, the Harry Connick Jr. show, mm-hmm. moved you out here to New York. Mm-hmm. So what are you into now?
1: Yeah, just doing records and stuff, doing TV shows. Okay, you know, like what, I did Showtime, I did Showtime at the Apollo. Oh, okay. I was able to do stuff at the for the for the US Open and tennis. Uh, mm. and, you know, went back to LA, did Idol, went on the road and did Idol, all the oh, auditions and stuff. Okay. That, that was fun. You know, so the auditions. Yeah. You yes. <laughs> yes. So what's that? Oh, that is fun. <laughs> that is that is like all day long. That Great. is like you know, you get in same seven o'clock. You Set up, and they go right away because you, you you if you ever watch the show, you see literally hundreds of people sitting outside. Yeah. And all these mm-hmm. people had to come mm-hmm. in, and all get their time. So, and it's like a, it's like a setup because all that stuff is going to be edited and remixed and and posts later on. Uh, so, yeah. your job is to just get a good clean signal. Before uh, we didn't, uh, I didn't go on the road to scout the locations. So, you show up in a place, and it could be next to like the motor room, or they can have elevator noise, or traffic noise, traffic. <laughs> you're right, right, uh-huh. so they asked me uh, last season, because you come on the scouting locations, that way you can flag any anything that's wrong yeah. audio-wise, immediately, yeah. and say, hey, you know, I have an issue with this because it's near a uh, thoroughfare, or it's too much AC noise, or you know, the roof is made out of plastic and if it rains, it's going to be horrific. <laughs> you yeah. know? True. Those sorts of things, that, that makes it a lot easier. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to go with my sound meter and take relative sound levels and stuff, especially if it was noisy, if it's too close to a highway or something, or if it was like uh, close to a waterway. We were in Seattle and it was a waterway. And it was just nothing but tugboats going up it. Yeah. It was like, no, we can't do <laughs> that. Love. You know? Uh-huh. So, no, no place is perfect. Because you're not doing it in the studios, you're doing it in those locations. Yeah. You know? I mean, we did the Muhammad Ali Museum, which was close to a highway. So, every now and then you get like a, a, a fire truck, or an ambulance going down the street. So, that sort of thing I'd already flagged. So, everybody knew about that. They uh-huh. said, okay, we'll just take a little pause there for let the fire truck pass by. Okay, now continue. And, uh-huh. it's, and then and those the kinds of thing So, when we show up, at the venues, no one's surprised. Yeah, you know, I was like, "Well, we didn't know this, you know." Yeah. Or then you have to ask the right questions. Like, any activities going on there at times? Our concert going on here. Uh-huh. What? Some street activities going on? You know? Yeah, you know? Absolutely. A festival. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> could you turn your AC off to hear what the room actually sounds like? You know, because the AC, some buildings, if it's not, it's not a studio, so it's not. They don't mm-hmm. have a HVAC right. system that's designed to be in a studio and then control the sound control environment. So a lot of the stuff is just, yeah. burr, <laughs> just turn the AC off. and it's like, uh-huh. Burr. and that, <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, it's deafening. It's so quiet. It's like, okay. So you get a lot of, if you do hotel convention centers, that yeah. sort the AC noise is just awful. You, you, know, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, you know that. So, so the, the setup is, you know, you love everybody that comes in. Uh-huh. We have like, you know, we have loves for the judges and we have like a rotation of like 10 lobs. So we line them up 10 deep, love everybody. And then of course, some of them have guitars that need to be live, And some of them have people that would accompany them on guitars. Uh Then we have a piano. So we have to mic all that stuff to be sure everything gets covered. Uh So sometimes you have like the guitars. Oh, it's my favorite guitar. But they've never played uh, and they didn't want to use the DI, but the battery's corroded inside the guitar. Uh-huh. So that's just those kind of things because they used to play in a home on their couch. Not yeah, yeah, the yeah. Or you also, you know, and what we would use is a boom microphone. It used to be exclusively the boom microphone. Yeah. But yes, this year, since I'm using the DPA uh, 4060s and 4061s, those microphones nice. sound great. Even if yeah. you have a guitar, you're playing, you're singing, it just sounds amazing it sounds consistent. So I thought, especially if we we're like in acoustically challenged venues, you know, to try to use the boom mic to get that you just suck it in all that room noise and mm-hmm. it's the space of the room so i thought well just be careful and more meticulous how we mic the people so we can actually use the the uh the live mic throughout the entire process from the interview to the music performance straight out because those those dpa forty sixty ones just sound so great you know mm-hmm. and uh, you know the, and you let the guitar leak so sometimes what would happen is the guitar playing would be a lot louder than the singing but they we we'll be course. killing the guitar and yeah. barely singing. It's like, how can you even physically do that? I don't understand that. I know. Right? Yeah, right. It's like, how can you play loud and <laughs> sing soft? That makes sense. So that, that's the only And, really and when
0: you mic them, was it a clip or did you do body
1: miking? A uh, clip and body. They have like a kit, you the, know, so the A2s are great. So they they know you how. Do but both? we primarily okay. just mic mic them uh, with a clip. And then sometimes if it's like a ukulele or something with a lower out acoustic output, we'll, we'll have a DI for that ukulele. Or we'll put the mic on the ukulele. Like uh-huh. we we'll just take the clip off, tape it, and slide it right through the strings. Mm-hmm. And it always sounds great, oh. you know. And okay. the DPA microphones are great. We have like a little small Calrec sumo console. You know, I bring my, uh, my my Sennheiser HD 600s, you know, to listen to because you can't have speakers, uh-huh. you know, because you're, you're always on the same set as everyone else. Yeah. So you can't make any noise. So
0: do you have like a little, it's like a little mobile system?
1: Yeah, it's what, like a what, Suma, what? Uh, the Cal Rec yeah. Suma. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So we have uh, Hydro boxes, you know, that, you know, everything's connected via, via Maddie. Uh-huh. So that, that's mm. cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Digital. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh, nice Auditorals. this is a great great sounding console yeah, you know yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. so right. and then we record we record everything to the multi-track you know to, to, the, to the directly to the uh to the uh xd machines which yeah. is the cameras directly attached to a camera so we have eight channels for each machine and then we have multi track and then we have a redundant multi-track just in case because yeah. the post guys like to take the multi-track they used to take yeah, the, yeah. the off the multi-track yeah. what do you see. use pro tools yeah pro tools, uh-huh. pro tools? and also use um uh, you know they, they use the window. are recording the ten at yeah. the time, the whole time. Yeah, everything gets recorded so at the same time. So they're like going out there, separate, yes. mm-hmm. but yeah. mic'd up. And, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Everybody gets recorded at all times. Yeah. Yeah, cause sometimes something happen outside where there'll be a camera outside, but we won't know that. And then we can use that audio, which yeah. has saved us a lot, you know. Especially when <laughs> the condensers are mad, sad. they go off or something, yeah. and like there's no ENG crew around. Because there are a lot of ENG crews that's floating around also. Yeah. So now i been thinking all that stuff has to be frequency coordinated too. And then we're like, you know, in this era now we have diminishing bandwidth that, you know, oh. we have to play with. Oh, so yeah. it's like Yikes, the spectrum's shrieking. Gonna... Yeah, I know. So <laughs> so we have all these all these people, we have all these microphones. So you know, and we use a company called Soundtronics from yeah. LA, and they do an amazing job, you know. Yeah. But because that that that's problematic now. Ooh. You know, I know you run into it. It all depends on what city in oh, the venue. Yeah, yeah, I used
0: to work for RF company. So hmm. yeah, I, I, oh, cool. I knew six years ago oh, how wow. bad it was. So hmm. now wow, yeah, that's it was great. the one that uh Claire had taken over. Oh, was okay. Mount, Mount Vernon, they, oh, they cool. took over uh, wireless first. Right. But they would do stuff out in LA too. They they went yeah. out there and became a, uh, uh Glo- Claire Global or. Claire broadcast. I'm okay, sure right. Still going. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just yeah, mm-hmm. the in-depth knowledge on that is just wow. That's uh, cool. Yeah, that that's gives, a,
1: gives you another weapon I'll oh, use yeah, on yeah, the road. Yeah. Right. yeah,
0: crazy. I mean, but now I see that it's shrinking even more with five G. Oh, I mean, that oh was four G knocking us yeah, out. Yeah, right now five like G. Mm-hmm. Eight, ten years ago, yeah. now you know mm-hmm. that's a shame. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean. We have to create a whole nother technology to get wireless
1: back. I, like, I know, man. But
0: that's how we create. When we forced
1: Well, absolutely. That's right. Uh-huh. I'm sure we'll be when like, you oh, well, snap the corner, now you have to innovate.
0: <laughs> exactly. You know? We mm-hmm. will innovate here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that so you just kinda freelancing it and are you going to start up American Idol?
1: Yes. Is it, uh-huh. And when does that start? That back start well, we're going to start scouting locations soon. And then oh, wow. we, start, we start in the fall. We start yeah, in the, you guys yeah, go yeah. pretty quick. It's yeah, like... absolutely. Uh-huh.
0: Do you guys do two seasons a year or no, it's does, one season it's a year? A
1: year. Wow, one one like massive this. season. Oh, it's just because really it starts, wow. you know, with the audition phase. Then yeah. it moves to like the God, studio phase. So then fun. we do a duet show. Then they do a travel show. They do all kinds of shows, and then they end up at the live studio show. Yeah, you know, which wow. is live live. You know, wow, that fun.
0: that's. Quite a bit of work for that. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> no, it it is a lot, a lot of work. It's <laughs> a lot of
1: work. A lot of, lot of technology. Lots of travel. Lots of know? travel. This is cool.
0: And, yeah, because I would notice how they would pick stories. And I'm
1: like, how would they know to a mic? So I was trying uh to figure that
0: out. So now that makes, okay, You just mic everybody. Uh All the first, every 10. And as they finish, Uh you take off and then flip it down to the next. And we
1: keep a mic for a certain number of times. Like when they post-performance, they walk out, and then they have like a debriefing interview and all that stuff. So We leave a mic for a while because the ENG guys have uh, redundant receivers. So they can pick up their lives when they need to and follow them around. Mm-hmm. And then we're make them. And then they agree, okay, they're finished. Now I'll make them. You now take those mics back. So we either have people running around, grabbing mics, picking them up, and swinging. Sit- and how them long back. have they
0: been doing that? Have you been doing the 10?
1: Well, yeah. Let's see. Well, I did it last year. It's it's pretty much pretty that's much kind of yeah. new, right? Not not, not really. That's oh, okay. that's pretty much the way we've always done it. Oh, okay. But yeah. okay. Well, we may have have may have better coordination with it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's
0: way more uh, tugging at the heartstrings. Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, those backstories. <laughs> that's like a whole nother content. The backstories make the show. For, yeah, because a lot of them. stuff we don't know until I see it at home. Like I'm sitting there watching oh. at home. I'm going. <laughs> Did I did not know that about him. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, that's so sad. <laughs> oh wow. my God, that's yeah. amazing. And yeah, you don't know these stories until you get home and you watch it. Yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, I, that's giving props to the producers of just yeah, seeing those stories and then no stuff no they have to sit having through. to sit through mm-hmm. to tell that story.
1: I did not envy Woo. that task at all. I do not even <laughs> that at all. That's a lot of footage, a lot of audio.
0: Oh God, yeah. a lot of key key sentences that you want yes, to hear and absolutely. all that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Right? Wow, Prop, props to the whole team on that You're one because right, right. that's still an amazing thing to come come rolling out with a console and then just yeah recording and we set up
1: like that twenty
0: four. I mean, and that's probably yeah. a fifteen hour day. Of, yeah, like,
1: I mm-hmm. mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we take it up to 48 Because we had to have a mic on the piano We have the piano We have guitars We have a guitar amp We have the judge and stuff We have, you know And then you'll send the feeds out from the console Because you're also mixing the monitors For the people to hear And the judges to hear And all kinds of stuff like that You know And it's, you know You know And it's It's a lot But once you get the first one done Then it's pretty much You know You just setting up And just checking stuff To make sure it all operates correctly But Uh that first That first That first venue it's like it's like uh oh what are we in for now. Yeah. yeah uh-huh.
0: So besides just make Ray Chu, does he do Ray Chu is the musical?
1: No, yeah. uh, it used to be Ricky Minor. On, oh, Ricky on the, Minor. It was yeah, Ricky yeah, Minor. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. we have uh, oh my God, it's Katy Perry's music director. I cannot remember his name. He's yeah. from, he's from Detroit <laughs> though. Oh, all right, all uh-huh. right. I said, oh, it, it'll come to me in a second Yeah, you know, just, yeah, yeah. Just I don't mean, think I took all yeah. my vitamins this morning. You know, <laughs> yeah. So, uh oh no,
0: yeah. but man, that, yeah, that's, but it's that's great. great. Yeah. All the all the band, all
1: the musicians are ex- yeah. exceptionally exceptional well. in that show.
0: Yeah, yeah definitely. You know, yeah, backup musicians. singers, everything. So. Yeah, and
1: I knew Ricky Minor because I worked with him on Tonight Show because he took over from uh, I was Bradford, then Kevin Eubanks, then Ricky Minor. Ricky, Ricky Minor was the last guy. What a great, great band. And great group of guys, cast of characters. Wow! Great, yeah. Great band. Holy cow! Yeah, Patrick. Yeah. all those Tonight Show bands—they're just characters. Just, just had great personalities. You Man, you—you've
0: yeah. had quite the career. Yeah. In the yeah, I've been—I've I mean, been very blessed.
1: I've been very blessed, to it was come from Knoxville, Tennessee, to do all I've done. You know, it was, it was amazing. It was an amazing journey. Living the dream. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean,
0: wow! You—you you mixed everybody you could have possibly ever wanted to mix. I, yeah, mean, it met and,
1: everybody, I mean
0: uh, every, met everybody. Mm-hmm. i mean american idol tonight show mm-hmm. that's everybody i mean yeah, man, on the lot. come up and yeah, they right. <laughs> <laughs> right. right so wow patrick yes you wow that mm-hmm. that's 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 what we all aspire to mm-hmm. and uh,
1: Thank wow. you so much. Now nah, you guys yeah, are doing it too. I, mean, I love I love yeah. having the conversation, man. You for guys are you guys are doing fantastic work. Thank you. Know? you we working you. with you know we're working with Kristen McBride was this amazing musician, just an amazing human being. You yes, know? he is.
0: That's, you know, I say man, that's a blessing if you find that, somebody like that. that. It, wow. it's
1: a blessing that he found you. yeah you know yeah yeah somebody that's so enthusiastic about about working with him and just you guys are just amazing yeah thank you thank you you. hey and then meeting up
0: with guys like you you just hey i I see you keep it keeping on Mm -hmm. creating and yes you're not just i use this one thing and no i I can
1: never be that yeah
0: i can never be that like i i have to to grow this and and to keep
1: Learning and learning,
0: learning. yeah, and, absolutely. And, and dealing with you know jazz and the acoustics, is yeah, just, you know, just
1: mm-hmm. absolutely,
0: just amazing. And, and yeah. the fact that she had to do it with just everything with American Idol and
1: the yeah, right, right. and, and, and of studio the lessons that I've learned from all of yeah, that, from that stuff all of goes that. all into that, you know. Sh- you know wow. which makes sense you learn stuff from everything you do you learn stuff I learned stuff from the Harry show that yeah. I can apply to Lytle next year And you know what I'm saying it's always reading stuff and thinking about stuff and yeah. you know like I was talking about Tony Faulkner and the Faulkner Array earlier yeah. today look that up boys and girls so yeah so, uh, yeah. so <laughs> you know just recording classical music in rooms and you just learn from so much and listen to everything that's my advice to everybody listen to everything exactly Something can be. and I recently uh, when I was in L.A uh somebody played me michael jackson's isolated vocal track from thriller it is the most amazing thing you ever want to hear in your life and yeah. and at first you, it gives me a whole new level of respect for michael jackson because his vocal track is amazing the singing his phrasing his breathing his mechanics of singing is just amazing no and then it made team. me realize <laughs> so much work goes into whatever you do, and sometimes, like if you hear the song by, you don't hear all of that. Uh-huh. But if you hear it by itself, you hear all of that.
0: Exactly. So
1: to me, that just says work on your craft yeah. all the time, and that was to t- constantly get better. That was yes. the taste. No pro tools, oh, no punching. It was just no. like wow, just yeah, straight through. And Michael Jackson was old school. You had to sing the song, yeah, and sing a line, then take a break, and oh my god, can you tune that up for me? No, yeah, you gotta sing, baby. Woo! Same. you know? And we're gracious. fortunate enough to work with great musicians. Yes. You know? That's a great thing, you know? Where uh, it's not like they're so dependent on the technology that it's not even it, fun. It's I just exactly. you hit buttons and, okay, I'm going <laughs> to just go through the motions and do this and yes. get them over with. You get to see magic created on stage every night. Yes. And some nights it won't be hitting. Some nights it would be like, yeah, hey, uh, that went too But some nights, <laughs> oh, my God, when it yeah. clicks, it's like, ooh, you were in awe <laughs> I mean I was watching you know Branford Marcellus and that band in awe yeah literally in awe I was just all and you and think back on it, it's like wow I witnessed that I I saw that I was there for that you know you recorded it right you You know it's such a privilege and a blessing to do that and to learn those lessons from those great people just the interaction of those musicians and just coming coming in contact with them and they respect
0: what you do and it's Mm -hmm. just it's a a mutual meeting of the minds yeah Mm -hmm. that creatively make the best project
1: possible absolutely Uh uh-huh that's the because at the end of the day I'm in the service industry I'm here to serve you good sound yeah, You know To facilitate Whatever your dream Your vision is I'm here to help you Facilitate that That's what I, that's, that's the way I look at it Like yes. some people get upset When I hear Young engineers Well he asked for this He didn't want it that It was like That's your job man Yeah You're here You're taking the orders You're like okay I want some of this I want some of that Okay cool Alright I'm gonna go back And make it for you And bring yeah. it back to you And see how you like it Yeah That's, just, that's the thing man Yeah You know And I love that Using you those know? tools That you do have mm-hmm. in
0: front of you Whatever that is Whether it's two track Yes one track, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> to five hundred, right? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, you taking care uh, of uh, it uh, and making sure that that game structure is tight, yeah. And, and getting the best, the best possible product, right? I mean, right, just right. Everything you, you're saying is what we we constantly talk about. Well, cool. And man. so, so, so glad to have you on. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Um, wow, we could stay here another three hours.
1: <laughs> I tonight. know. We'll <laughs> right he's shutting the lights off <laughs> but that's
0: the good thing people that's the great about thing having about your it, own it. studio mm-hmm. we can stay here another three that's right. hours <laughs> absolutely uh-huh. so, true, that's right. so true, and now that we know that you live so close we will have you here I'll, another I'll four to five hours, hours. Like, come back anytime <laughs> don't worry about it absolutely yes 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 mm-hmm. so uh, thank you again patrick um, so um wow uh that this, this was everything. Thank
1: you guys so much for having me here.
0: <laughs> so much fun.
1: Yes, it was fun. Inspiring, um, exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh.
0: Wow. Again, thank you, Patrick. And um, from Dennis and myself, mm-hmm. thank you for listening to The Art of Music Tech. Uh, you can listen to us um, on... Um, uh, Apple Podcasts, can't say iTunes anymore. Oh, uh, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean. Wow. Um follow us on IG, Facebook. Oh, Patrick, do you have a website or something? Yes, I, I I'm on Instagram. Into, in touch with
1: uh you. I'm on I'm on Facebook as Patrick Smith and I'm on on uh, LinkedIn as Patrick Smith also. But Instagram is PimpTech. All lowercase, p i m p t e c h. PimpTech. Pimp Tech.
0: All right, get in touch with the true, the the OG pimp tech, (laughs) 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 Patrick Smith. Again, thank you so much for coming on, and let's go, people. Let's go. That's right. For more information of booking 23DB Productions, visit their website at 23DBProductions.com. Like and follow 23DB Productions at Instagram, Facebook. YouTube and Twitter for the latest work.